Good morning, all y'all. It's the team of Rosie on the House. Here every Saturday morning like we are. Here this Saturday morning like we are every Saturday morning. We're here to cover anything and everything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. Our first assignment is to fill you with the ambition and the motivation to look around the house and see what needs to get done and decide, let's get it done. And then our second assignment is to make sure you have the knowledge in your head to get it done and get it done rosy right. So we show up every Saturday morning. We open up the phone lines so you can dial in and ask any question you'd like. one 767 4348. It's funny how often I hear from people, well, I didn't call in because I was intimidated. I was afraid. I was uh, scared. Well, don't do that. It's just going to be you and me and Romy talking about whatever project you're trying to tackle. And we'll give you the local advice. We'll give you the brand names. We'll give you the tips and the tricks of the trade to get it done and to get it done, Rosie Wright. So, one 767 We've also taken text. 411-923. And you can also email info at rosyonthehouse.com if you've got a question that you need to send a picture or a short video with. You can send that to our email. We had an interesting text question during our first segment when we had the Farm Fresh hour and we were talking ancient grains and a texture said ancient grains good good topic but uh can you talk about ancient drains and a little plumbing <laughs> issue <laughs> oh, that's a little clever part nice oh. nicely done there ancient drains well, there's a couple things about that i'd like arizona homeowners so, you know we asked the guest this morning what's the definition of ancient ancient grain so I would like to ask this texture, give me a definition of ancient drain. <laughs> because we could be ancient enough where it's actually a red clay pipe, Orangeburg pipe. It could be a galvanized pipe. And depending on the age of that sewer line would kind of dictate how we would attack trying to make sure your system continues to operate as the good Lord designed it with the flow of gravity. <laughs> you want to hear? Oh, you know, we were at KBS this week, and there's now a toilet that will not back up. Oh? That's just one of the things I'll talk about later. Like a reverse flap that is pressure's coming? At- it's, it's, it's two places for the water to escape. If you, we'll, we'll get to that oh. in just a minute. But uh, so even everything is continually being modified and improved. But for those of you whose homes were built in the 40s and 50s, you're in the historic districts. You know, those sewer lines have really lived their economic life. And you're treading, treading on thin ice, trying to expect those to last very much longer. So a lot of you get mailers from companies on the East Coast that want to insure that line for you for as little as $39 or $49. And the problem with that, and they'll give you $5,000 or up to $10,000 coverage to replace that. 
the problem with that is many of you may already have that exact same coverage in your homeowner's policy. So make sure you check your policy. If you don't have it, you can call your agent and get it put on as a rider. And it isn't going to be that expensive. And it will protect you from five or ten dollars or $15,000 worth of repair. It's an expensive repair. We have to dig up the whole yard. Oftentimes, we actually have to get in underneath the house to replace this system. But if you do it through your homeowner's policy and you do it through a local agent, you're going to be able to pick your local contractor and they'll be working for you, not some insurance company on the East Coast. People ask me all the time, well, how about these liners that people are putting and and inserting into these old sewer lines? There are good cases for that where you don't want to saw cut through the entire house alleys that we have to remove the concrete, dig down to the sewer pipe, go to every single toilet in the house, replace the line by hand manually, and then backfill, termite pretreat, backpour the concrete. We've had to demo and destroy all your floor covering, all your floor tile, your sheet laminate tile, your vinyl luxury plank tile, whatever it is, we've had to destroy that. So you can line that if you find a company you can trust. They'll send a camera down the system and assess the current condition of the existing pipe. Is it in fact salvageable or not? Sometimes that camera will tell us we've got about 80% of this pipe that's salvageable, but we are going to have to break the floor at this one location. We've got a root intrusion that's collapsed the pipe to the to the point We can't salvage this four or six feet. So it can be a combined effort. Now the dilemma, I have to tell you, the dilemma with that lining system is as good as an idea as it sounds. Oftentimes, is just as expensive as destroying the floor tile, saw cutting the concrete, and replacing the line manually backpacking, compacting, putting the ABC, the termite treatment, and the concrete back in. It's almost as expensive, but it's not near as intrusive. And the dilemma with that process is we've yet to find one company doing it that does it at the level that can earn a ROSI certification. There are several companies doing it, but they have, it's a fairly new technology. They've got a lot of kinks to work out in their customer service division of their installation program before we can recommend them. We've actually tried recommending a few in the past, and it just didn't last long. So ancient drains, several ways we can take care of it. Uh, I, I would, and then, so I've talked about the old, old homes, the historic homes, 40s, 50s. Well, You know, if you were built in the 50s, 60s, or 70s, your pipes are getting close to the point that they, too, could be reaching the end of their economic life. And there might be an argument for sending a trusted plumber to your house and do a camera scope and just take a look and do an assessment. Because there really is nothing worse than having a mother-in-law and father-in-law over for Easter dinner. And that's the point. Your sewer decides to back up. It never fails. I have some tease information I want to share with you all 
on the last week Jennifer and I spent with several of our staff from Rosie Wright Design Build Remodeling, our remodeling company. There were six of us that went to Las Vegas for the purpose of dividing and conquering. The show's too big for one or two people to take in. 76,000 people attended. There's almost a million square foot of displays and booths. There's 1,800 exhibitors. So we divide it up and say, you take countertops, you take appliances, you take outdoor kitchens, you take cabinets, you take uh, indoor air quality. We split up, we divide and conquer. And we sent a Facebook posting at the end of the second day of Jennifer and I, and on the second day, we had compiled about 24,000 steps. And it was a three-day event. I know we approached 40,000 steps, getting it all covered. We saw a bunch. I want to share it with y'all, but I promise I'd wait till Jennifer gets back next week and put it all together in a sensible, logical presentation, not the typical Rosie Bunny Trail fashion. <laughs> Beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you, the open home hour, open to you, the Arizona homeowner. Whatever you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin, one 767 4348 That's one 888 for you. You can also send text questions to 411-923. And you had talked about the KBiz show and Divide and Conquer. That's the kitchen, bath... Industry show. Industry show. And... It's you. It's, they say it's. Uh, I've had some people tell me it's the largest convention in the country. Hmm. The largest annual convention we'll in the country. Check that one against the world of concrete because I know for a long time they used to tout that they were the biggest convention. Interesting. In Vegas. Well, I'll anyway. tell you one thing. If you don't make your restaurant reservations a month in advance, you ain't going to eat. <laughs> Have to go yeah, down just, to Henderson or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Boulder City. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I wanted to touch a little bit on some of the things that we do to try and keep the Arizona homeowners educated about taking care of their home. And uh, we started a long time ago building videos that we post to YouTube. And we, we would post a, a couple a year and make it information that was specific to Arizona homeowners. And then we stepped it up about nine months ago. And started posting a lot more regular. Roman, you're you're posting several times a month now, aren't you? Well, <clears throat> we actually just repurposed the radio broadcast. I had tons of information. I had avoided that for a long time because if you've ever watched uh, a radio broadcast on video, it's really boring. I'm like, who's going to sit there and watch? Uh, but what we ended up doing is instead of taking the entire hour we'll break it up into individual talking points and then tag that video with what specific topic we're covering there so as people search uh concrete flooring bamboo flooring gardening whatever the case may be any of those videos that we talk about that will come up and then you can get your digestible content and you know usually two minutes or less one of the great examples of that is when we had the arizona paint company in the studio so we had him in studio talking about different components of a painting job. But when we got to video editing, 
what did we end up with, like 14 different segments that you can go in and just type what is it about painting you want to learn about, and boom, you've got it in two- and three-minute bites, tips from experts on how to do it and do it rosy right. Yeah, and we put them into a playlist, so if you stumble across the video individually in the description, you can click on the playlist, and then it'll go and do all night. Like you, you mentioned the Arizona Painting Company in this example, there's 19 videos we got from that hour. <clears throat> so if you found one bit of information interesting, you're like, well, what the heck, maybe there's something new I can learn here. I'm, I may know all this other thing about painting, but maybe maybe not. So you click on it, it'll go through those. And like I said, it's, you know, 19 clips all under two minutes. So you're you know, your total listening time is less than two minutes. So it's a very, or 40, 40 minutes. So it's a very quick way to digest the information in the individual, uh, you know, one one specific talking point at a time. And a couple of weeks ago, we had Kowalski Construction in, and they were also in last August. Last August, we talked about, all right, when disaster strikes, here's how the restoration process works. Well, this time, we kind of, went a little bit more proactively and talked about before disaster strikes, here's what to be prepared for and how to best avoid it. So that's actually a better in chronological order. That's really the first topic that you cover and the second one. So we can, in this case, it's all in one playlist. And even though August was before <laughs> February and the playlist, they're reversed in the playlist order. So it goes a better chronological timeline and you can go to youtube and actually subscribe to the rosie on the house channel and every time we post a new segment a new educational segment you'll be alerted to the fact that it's there i was very humbled when we were at the kbiz show in las vegas again you're walking one million square feet there are eight eighteen hundred exhibitors and jennifer and i are walking down this aisle and some guy jumps out of his booth i'm wearing the rosie on the house shirt grabs me by my arm, and I don't like that when people do that. Uh, you come up and just introduce yourself. You don't have to grab me. Especially in Vegas. Yeah, especially in <laughs> Vegas. And he says, Rosie, he says, I can't tell you how you helped me build my house in Vail, Arizona. I had a builder and the lot and the property, and my wife and I would turn you on every Saturday morning on KNST down in Tucson, and we'd listen to hear what you could teach us about what we had to do to check our contract. And the guy actually ended up in, it was not a booth. I would have stopped that uh, because I was not in charge, if you can imagine this. No one put me in charge of checking out new software development. <laughs> they, they assigned that to somebody else. But this guy had the most incredible software, and I ended up in that booth for about two hours. <laughs> and it's called Built, B-I-L-T. And you put on the new Apple goggles, and you have access to 900 manufacturers' installation manuals. And you will actually be shown how to repair any one of a thousand different things right around your home. He says, Rosie, I got this idea from you. But you're not getting any royalties off of it. No, but I asked him when he was going public. <laughs> <laughs> Next best thing. Yeah. <laughs>
wouldn't be your handyman. Do the work for you. Or you can call us and let us know what you're trying to get done. Reach out to us by text. And we'll coach you through it as well. After being out of town all week, you get back to your desk and you see the pile of papers of things that have accumulated. And I'll tell you, one of the things that stand out for me is this March 2024 edition of the Arizona Highways. Wildflowers. Ah, going to be that time of yeah, year. Yeah, it's coming, year, right? Pretty soon. It's coming. Pretty good. Pretty good little wet winter so far, so it ought to be pretty nice. Roger Naylor wrote an article about it not too long ago. You know his his book, Burgers and Boots. Well, now he wrote an article, uh, Spring Flowers and Pies. <laughs> oh, I'm ready for that. How, how does that guy get that job? How does Roger Naylor get that job? That's what I want to know. It. Man, oh, man. Very clever, I thought. In our newsletter, we talk about uh, a lot of things. Every week comes your email address. We talk about what we're going to cover on that particular Saturday. We talk about a home we're trying to build for Habitat for Humanity, and it gives you a very simple link to be a part of the team that's going to contribute to make that a reality. We'd like to fund one Habitat for Humanity home this year in 2024 with the Rosie on the House listeners. And all we need for you to do is redirect your Arizona State tax credit dollars. If you're a subscriber to our newsletter, we include a link right there. It's very simple. Click on it. It'll take you right to the proper place to do that. Would appreciate it if you've ever, if we've ever saved you time, saved you money, or saved you grief or agony uh, in anything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. We'd love for you to participate in uh, helping us build that home. The other thing in the newsletter is we talk about what's coming up. We talked ancient grains at 8 o'clock. We talked about home security at 9 o'clock. And if you've got any concern about home security, given the headlines that have been hitting the paper uh, the last several weeks, you've got to get a hold of that podcast at 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock, we talk about uh, whatever you'd like to talk about. And we also talk about a tip of the week. And one of the things that came on really strong, I want to say about 15, 20 years ago, was in America, was what we call ductless air conditioning. And they're called by many people mini splits. And when you say in America, just like the tankless water heater, this is primarily Japanese technology because they, so much of their condensed cities and their vertical growth they didn't have they, – they were looking for ways to save space and not have a huge tank water heater or trying to air condition a condo 20 feet off the ground. Or a Scottish castle. <laughs> any, uh, any of those historic old masonry structures, how do you put ductwork in that? Well, you don't. So there are ductless air conditioning systems. And think about ductless air conditioning system, first and foremost, that you need to know about it, is it's about twice as efficient as a central heating and cooling unit. You've heard the industry talk about a SEER rating, which was the uh, energy equivalency rating. How efficient is it? And the higher the number, the more efficient the equipment is. Well, central systems will accomplish the high teens, regular, 16, 17, 18. You can pay a lot of money and go into the 20s, but a, a ductless 
mini split will already live at about 30. So it's quite a bit more efficient. It can be customized to keep, maybe there's one room in your house that can't get cool in the summer or you're not happy with, uh, or you build that backyard casita or you want to now condition your garage. Mini splits are very popular for those applications and they're great for those applications. But I have to tell you, after installing them for hundreds of people over the last decade and a half, there have, there have, I've, I have some growing concerns about how common they are becoming. There, there's lots of pros to ductless mini split air conditioning, and they're heaters too. I mean, the one I have mounted in my garage keeps my dog kennel in the garage at 70 degrees year-round, you know, in the winter and in the summer. A little warmer in the summer. But uh, so it's a, it's a heat pump, just like the one you've got in your house. But it, it absolutely provides close to zero air filtration. So if you're accustomed to filtered air like you have in your central heating and cooling system, going through a one-inch paper pleated filter you're not going to get anywhere near the indoor air quality with a ductless system that you're going to get with a central system okay you get increased efficiencies you get spot isolated treatments but you're not going to get indoor air quality so now you've got to sub now you've got to subsidize the indoor air quality with a separate air filtration system and i'll tell you something you're not going to hear from a lot of people and it's going to aggravate a lot of people (laughs) i'm not seeing the mini splits last anywhere near as long as a central heating and cooling system that if installed correctly you can expect 15 to 20 years out of it now a lot of manufacturers won't tell you that they'll say you need to they anticipate replacing them every 10 to 15 years. A good unit installed properly, there's no reason you shouldn't get 20 years out of it. I'm not seeing that in the ductless. Mm. And I was trying to remember, there's a, a radio program that advertises an indoor air filtration quality unit. But I was I can't remember the specific product name, but um, I just have a hard time on these individual units seeing that they actually provide a lot of real benefit. You know, when you've got it, your central air conditioning that's rot- that's controlling the temperature of all the air in your home, well, all that air has to go through the system. So if you've got the right filters on it, it's obviously doing its job where a little standalone unit in the side of the room, what's that doing for the next room? I mean, the air... Not much. And there, and there are multiple multiple head mini splits uh, but but they 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 increase in investment level quite a bit but again even in a multi-head ductless you're not getting the filtration you need so you've got to supplement the house with some kind of central um, filtering system yeah I think I, I still think they're they're uh ultimate win for the garage oh baby or like a a shed or a barn or backyard casita something like that yeah but what we're finding 
is they got to be where they were a Band-Aid to fix a poorly designed, poorly installed central system. Well, I can't get the master bedroom ever as cool as I want. It's on the west side of the house. It's got some windows on it. That air conditioning system located in the middle of the house just never gets enough cold air down there. Well, that's a, that's a poorly designed system. And then we throw a Band-Aid on it by putting a mini split on it. And now you've got another piece of equipment that needs to be properly maintained, checked, and, and serviced. So a lot of what the mini split has come to do in the market is fix a bad problem that might could get fixed using the existing equipment with the right train technician doing the right train diagnosis. And, you know, I, I have to, many, many splits, they're many, they're small, and they only take care of one room. But you're going to be north of $5,000 getting one installed. So it's more than chump change. Uh, that is. Now, a new, brand-new, high-efficiency air conditioning unit might not. Uh, You're not going to There's going to be a lot more than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, so it, it, it takes you – know, every situation is going to be a little different. So it, it definitely worth getting pricing for both uh, and correcting your existing problem versus band-aiding your problem. How long is it going to solve the problem? How long are you going to be in the home? Um, I know just about every level of trade in the constructions now, in construction now, will have different third-party financing options that are available yeah. uh, for a lot of these home improvement projects. Uh, there's also different options you can do with your lender uh, through your, whoever you have your home mortgage and renovation loans and home equity lines of credits that you can use to, you know, a lot of these big ticket items that, uh, you know, as they increase in efficiency mechanically and, uh, you know, it just, that adds to the cost of the units. Absolutely. So you know, five, about 20 years ago, 5,000 would get you a new air conditioning whole house unit <laughs> on a, on an average size home. That's not, <clears throat> that's not today's price. No, it really isn't. You know, somebody was asking me in the in in the Las Vegas show up a builder that I know from the Midwest. He was saying, "Rosie, what uh, what are you currently stating for kitchen remodels on a square foot basis?" And so we compared what we're stating with what he's stating. And he says, "Can you remember? Can you remember the day when we could do a really really nice kitchen for about $40,000?" I mean, really nice kitchen. The appliances anymore. You, you could spend that on one appliance. <laughs> you, could, you could easily spend $25,000 on a side-by-side refrigerator freezer. Easily. So those, those kinds of things, you know, have driven the cost up. We were, we were comparing with a company in Canada. You know, what are y'all building new semi-custom homes for on a square foot basis? And... They're not much different than we are, and it is about four times what we were building it for just 20 years ago. Not twice, but about four times. Now, a lot of that is more than inflation. A lot of that is enhanced. What do I want to say? I, I, I got to go back to the Ronald Reagan day, supply-side economics. 
I mean, now, now there are so many inventions you can ask to put in your house. I mean, I can put eight shower heads in your master shower. <laughs> you know, and some people want that. So we're going to put, we're going to install a $65,000 master shower. You know, but we, we didn't have that to even offer 20 years ago. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. Yeah, what, what was really nice 20 years ago compared to really nice this yeah. year that'd be that'd be one to look into let's go to tucson arizona bring steven to the conversation and see what he's working on with his home good morning sir and welcome to the program good morning, good morning. I'll make it quick. Um, I have a friend. She bought a house, a brand-new house, 14 months ago, and the AC's gone out twice. And then they're telling her it's her fault because she keeps it at 69 and 70 degrees um, during, like, this past summer and then up to, like, November, December. And so they it's gone out twice. So I was wondering, um, is, is, is that true? I don't think it is, but is that true that it could be her fault? Because... My wife and I have owned our new house since 2015. We keep it down to uh, 70 and 71 the whole time, and we've never had no problems. No, Steve. Um, she's not being given honest information. And I don't want to judge the man or woman that's giving her the information. But, um, and again, we will generally turn our thermostats down in the summer to what a lot of people consider very cool, uh, 69, 70 degrees. But we don't ask the air conditioner to hold it there through the entire afternoon. So we will bring the house to that coolness in off-peak hours, in the evenings, in the mornings. But we'll allow the temperature of the house to get to climb a little bit on the peak hours. It's called super cooling. And we've been talking about it for like 20 years. And the air conditioning companies are actually, are not air conditioning companies, the, the utility companies are now teaching homeowners how to do that. Because uh, they call it the duck's back. When, if you look at the power use graph, they say it looks like a duck's back. And the big arch is the high use time. That's the on-peak time you get charged a lot for. But we're kind of getting off topic here on supercooling. Yeah. It's, it's a very nice. easy topic to do. We love mm. it. But A couple uh, things. A 14-year-old unit. 14-month. Uh, uh, yeah. 14-month. Yeah. Did I say year? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, no. They're blowing smoke. And I'll tell you what, Steve. I've caught many, many air conditioning contractors – uh, and building contractors in this same trap because they'll tell homeowners that. And then we try and find out what's the brand of the air conditioning equipment that's being used. Okay? And I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to tell all of Arizona something. I have factory reps, people that represent the factory manufacturer, who all super cool, and state it is not hard on the equipment. So a mechanical contractor that's telling you that hasn't got this, this system designed in, 
properly or installed properly. That's not to say that you couldn't have a lemon that's having some problems. But I tell you what, I'd only accept one or two repairs on a 14-month-old unit before I demand a new unit. So we'd be happy to help her with that if she'd like to reach out to us during the week at Rosie on the House. Um, and I've, I've caught many contractors that state it voids the warranty. No, it does not void the warranty. And getting a second opinion also, you know, obviously the home's still under warranty because yes. you're only at 14 months. So we're trying to get the work done through the warranty of the install contractor. But, uh, you know, it, it may be an argument here to hire somebody like temperature control to come out and give you a second opinion uh, to combat and take back to the original contractor so you're not – just getting blown off and pushed aside. And I'll tell you, Steve, here's going to be one of her challenges. I would tell her in a 14-month-old home, she ought to record every dilemma she's experiencing in that home and send certified letters to the builder that built the home so that it's date-coded when the problem is occurring. Because through the register of contractors, she will have a 24-month opportunity to have a register of contractor inspector out to the house and see if it meets minimum workmanship standards. But here's her dilemma. Minimum workmanship standards in Arizona says the air conditioner only has to cool the outside air by 15 degrees. That's the minimum work. So when it's 105 outside, it only has to cool the inside air. To 90. Seriously? Yeah. So that's the dilemma with minimum workmanship standards. That's so minimum. she's going to have that dilemma. But nonetheless, I would have her record it, date stamp it, and get certified copies delivered so that she'd have the opportunity to at least pursue a warranty issue with the manufacturer should it ever come up. I've, I've busted a lot of contractors on this. They claim the equipment can't do it. It voids the warranty. It's hard on the equipment. So I go back to the factory reps that all live here. And they say, Rosie, we all do it. You're asking the equipment to cool you off when it's the coolest time of day. And what's expensive about air conditioners is turning it off and on, off and on, off and on. It's hard on the equipment. And it wears it out. Let it come on and run for a really long time. That's what it's designed to do. So, Steve, I hope we certainly help. Don't hesitate to give your friend uh, the Rosie on the House website, the Rosie on the House phone number, and we'll do what we can to help her in every way we can with the builder down in Tucson and Pima County. Well, that wraps out one more week of Rosie on the House. And we have a, a great line up the rest of... We really do. <laughs> we're, we're packed the next couple weeks. We were mentioning air quality. Rius is going to be in next week talking about indoor air filtration. Uh, following that, we're going to be talking about uh, solar and battery pack operate, battery pack integration with that. After that, we're going to be talking about patio re- recovers and ramadas. And then wrapping up the month, we're talking about home energy audits. If I could be king, I'd make it a law. Every Arizona has to listen 
to the solar edition of Rosie on the House.